Hello everybody. Hello guys, if you can hear noise in the background, that's our daughter Kiki playing upstairs with her friends. Um, uh, we were supposed to be doing Maddie's birth, home birth, as this mm. next podcast in the series on home birthing, but we felt that the uh, circumstances in the country and the world uh, potentially necessitated a bit of a chat about how we're dealing with the current health crisis that's well, enveloping and, everyone. And also, we've been meaning to sit down and do the podcast over the last couple of days, and every time I think about doing it, I can't do it because I'm because I can't go to that place of Maddie's birth. No, because I feel. And you know, I, I want to put a disclaimer right at the beginning of this podcast. If you're somebody that's better not talking about coronavirus because there are many people and if it triggers you then don't listen to anything or maybe else. better that you can't someone who doesn't feel they can talk about the honest fears and yeah. feelings and worries because that's what we're going to talk about now is yeah. how we deal with them this isn't about we don't creating scare, scare. Yeah, no 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 but i no. think in order to share how it makes us yeah. feel might help other people in feeling oh that's how i feel and how do we deal with each other and how do you in a marriage and a relationship and in a, in a family keep that balance just right and we always say on our other podcasts that we're not going to edit we never edit anything we may with this because we don't want to be picking around the conversation too much worrying if what we say might be inflammatory or scary so what we're going to do is, is just talk freely and then if we think anything might I need trimming. Need trimming. We might trim out. We might not have to. More than likely, I will say something that Nadia will feel is a little bit too scaremongery. And I, if I do, it's not meant to be. No, that's the thing. You are not a scaremonger, but sometimes with us sharing, because we go, because we're people that go quite into depth with stuff, we could say something that people, somebody else might not have thought about and mm. it might trigger them to have some mm. sort of anxiety that they didn't have. Mm. So I would say if you're of a nervous disposition, probably don't listen to this podcast. So how did we both first hear of the coronavirus? We heard of it in different circumstances. I first heard of it on the in the financial markets. Do you uh, mean here? Or no, do you mean when at we first all heard on the planet yeah. ever. Yeah. Uh, I first heard of it, it was coming through the, the stock markets and it was impacting on the Chinese stock market and there were issues around potential growth, lack of growth, importation, etc., with America and China. So I became aware of it then, and it seemed like a distant um, Chinese, Asian, Southeast Asian, Asia problem. God, I mean, I remember thinking, oh my God, how awful for them, how awful for the Chinese, oh my God, there's so many of them, it's mm. going to spread so fast, and, so, and then... I remember feeling the terrible anxiety for them as you saw how the government cracked down and you saw terrible mm. pictures of people sat on the roof of their houses mm. screaming and pleading and and then those rows and rows of beds in those sort of and images of like apocalyptic yeah. movies wasn't and then it? we had we had reports coming back of them building hospitals in two weeks but mm. it was so distant it was like oh my god those poor people it's like a movie yeah how are they coping? Yeah. It's like a movie. Never thinking for a minute we were going to find ourselves where we are no. today. No, and then, and then it, quite literally, I w witnessed the contagion starting to spread uh, between uh, stock markets and financial systems. I mean, that's what I was kind of alerted to. And, you know, you could feel that the markets and the financial markets were all kind of bubbling about, not quite, quite knowing what to make of this. But then I think for me, the, in the real world, the kind of tipping point or the kind of pinch point or the moment that it really began to resonate for us 
was the point at which Italy started to make the most drastic, mm. take the most drastic decisions mm. and measures. I mean, which is about today, ago, right here and now, I feel like I've been living this for weeks and weeks and weeks yeah, now. But too. actually, I when I think about it, a couple of weeks ago, I was at work with one of my friends who's a loose woman, and we were having a chat um, about how we were feeling. And we were starting to have, start to get a bit nervous about it. You know, should we get nervous? Mm. You know, there was a lot of, oh God, all the newspapers are just loving it. And I have to say, I do think the media in some parts yeah. has been absolutely uh, dire in yeah. the way that they've dealt with it. And then, and then somebody else, another loose woman, I'm picking my way around this because I don't want to say anyone's names, uh, came from, and she'd been travelling abroad, and she was like, are you kidding? Are you actually worried about this? This is just the flu. And we were like, oh, do you think? She says, yes, look at the World Health Organization. But to website, be honest, I was saying that at the, the beginning. The numbers are going down in China. Nobody's reporting the numbers are going down in China. It's all just... And so my fears were allayed. And in fact, the very first time we talked about this on Loose Women, all four of us, because this was a different um, lineup on that day, the very first time, and we went, we turned to the audience and went, you know, are you all really worried? Put your hands up who's worried. Not a single no. person. And after the show, we were all saying, God, did we get that really wrong? Why were we talking about it on the show? Nobody's the least bit bothered. Well, I, that was only about three, three weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah, and so in order to kind of keep, keep, keep calm and keep everything, I mean, and also the in intel that I was reading and everything I was reading was, yes, it's not a pleasant flu and it's not a pleasant thing to get, but it's ostensibly no more dangerous than influenza. So I was the one trotting around saying things I like- I never heard that. Saying things like, uh, you know, influenza kills 80,000 a year, the, yeah, the, the, were, the death yeah. rate on this is estimated to only be that. And I wanted to put that in perspective. And I have to stress yet again, in my calmer moments, those statistics still stack up. Do they? For me, at the moment, at the moment, until we get more figures through, at the moment, I'm feeling like that. It's, it's, it's clearly, consistently, the vulnerable members of society in terms of elderly and with underlying health conditions and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's not to say that that in itself is a terrible thing, but I'd be fascinated to know whether these would be the kind of people who would have lost their lives, sadly, if they've got a bad case of influenza too. You know, we'll never be able to make that comparison. Right. And so people would do die here in their hundreds and thousands from flu. But mm. how are we going to be able to categorise who would have done and who Except wouldn't have done? Except when you see scientists and you say, it, and answering the question as to, is this just flu? They mm. say it's 10 times worse than flu. Well, exactly, exactly. But I mean, I think, un unfortunately, looking at all the press conferences, we don't want to talk about the nature of the pathogen because we don't know, no one knows. No. Um, but I think the way we've managed it and dealt with it, there's been a shift in how we've dealt with it. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's thrown a spotlight over in our relationship and in our household, how much me and you are not drawn to drama for drama's sake in a sort of, you know, oh, we want, to, we want the drama. We don't want the drama, but we are inextricably drawn to it because we're worried because we want to know and because we want to fix and because we want to protect i mean you know okay so it's sounding like you know young children are least vulnerable and teenagers and young adults and what have you but because i have asthma because your dad's just had heart surgery and because my mom's 17 your mom's over 80 you know we, how, how much does one want to take risks with that so i would characterize that since italy there's just been a slow increasing sense of portentous doom 
Yeah, I mean, me the same. As Italy started to blow, and then, and, but it was a weird one, wasn't it? Italy started, and then they started to contain it, and then they were keeping everybody in. I was thinking, oh, this is good. Okay, mm. they're keeping everybody in now. This is good. This is great. I'm still feeling this is this is tough on the Italians, mm. but they've got a hold of it. You know, the percentage is high of deaths because they've got a very elderly population. Blah blah blah, back and forth. But then there's just been this. It's kind of, it's really weird. It's like being in a slow car crash mm. where I'm seeing it, but I'm also not seeing it because mm. it's just gone so fast. From that moment when I was feeling that, how am I where I am today mm. where I'm not stepping out of the door and I'm cleaning everything all the time and I'm, oh my God, I, I mean, I feel like I'm driving myself mad. I mean, now it's day three of me doing my self-isolating mm. so basically uh, for those of you that don't know I've decided my, pa my parents live next door my dad just had a heart um, procedure last week and I think that's when my anxiety really really kicked off well you've been in tears a lot a lot yeah my dad my dad had a heart procedure it was a bit trickier than we thought and I literally went to a very dark place because I thought I was going to lose him then he had this turnaround and he's out and he's feeling the best he's ever felt and he wants to go for walks and wants to go on holiday and wants to walk here and wants, wants to walk there and wants to do all these mm. things that he hasn't felt up to doing. And, and then um, virtually on the day that he was feeling that, really on the day that Teddy came out of hospital, sat in this chair where I'm sat and said, this is remarkable, I feel a new man. Hell bro, Lucas, it feels like. Feels like. And it was a really sudden turn. Was it as, was it as they they it it seemed to double. The figures were doubling and then doubling again and doubling again and doubling again. Mm. Um, and I, I was very much last week. I was wanting them to scream at us. Everybody stay the mm. fuck inside the house. Mm. I'm like, what? Korea has sorted it out. China has sorted it out. Mm. Singapore has not sorted it out. They've got control. Why the fuck aren't we all being told to stay in? Mm. Then, of course, they go away. They talk to scientists. The politicians come back. The politicians tell us. And it all sounds perfectly understandable. You know, herd, herd immunity we're hearing. Okay, I get that. Then we're hearing, you know, we, this bloody spike. We can't hit this spike. We've got to hit this level. But I don't understand how everyone's still doing what they're fucking well doing stops the peak. The peak. Surely we should be staggering people getting ill. And if it's just saying, I mean, last week, how many 50,000 people was it at the rugby? All of this stuff has just made my anxiety rise and rise mm. and rise and rise and rise. The last couple of days, I mean, I've, I've got a bit better because I'm finding my way to deal with it. My way to deal with it is I'm... We were listening to the news all the time, weren't we? We both love news. We love news junk. We're both news junkies. But I suddenly realised that I was probably going to kick the bucket over stress. Yeah, so I gonna, deleted you were, gonna, you were my, in danger of hyperventilating. I deleted my news apps mm. and I said to everyone, if you get any good news, send me that. I'm going to watch the news once a day. That's what mm. I'm going to do now. I don't want to be non-informed because the non-informed people are driving me fucking nuts. Well, that's the other side of it. And I just want to draw us <sighs> back to the idea of the relationship thing. So anyone in a relationship, it's very hard, in a weird way, my heart goes out to anyone who's not in a relationship at a time like now. Where not words in or, or in a good relationship, where words like self-isolation and isolation are being talked about. I mean, Maddie, I hope jokingly, because she did laugh afterwards, said, oh God, it's so, it's so mad in this house, I'd rather self-isolate with another family. 
But there was a salient point in there, which is, you know, as we all reduce our social mobility and our social interaction and all that kind of thing, and we introduce social distancing and all that kind of stuff, it does, we do see it sit on the cusp of having almost a prolonged Christmas vacation scenario. Now, people, uh, a lot of people have said to me they're more fearful of that than I know, they are the illness. I know, which is quite something, isn't it? Yeah. And I have to confess, I've got a it's little bit. Enormous I've got a little bit cabin fevery. I've got a little bit cabin fevery to the point that I just want to go out and just hear other people because I'm, oh, I'm just sick of being in this house. And I am a bit. That's why I'm kind of looking forward to going to the supermarket. I'm thinking, well, as long as I just want, so. If I'm feeling that now, you know, you can be, you can imagine. Day three. Yeah, day three. You can imagine, you know, after 14 weeks of enforcement or whatever it is. Anyway, how would you say we're dealing with it? Are we dealing with things in the same way? Is it putting a strain on our relationship? I mean. No, I haven't. I, I've actually been quite heartened by how good I felt about, apart from today. You've, well, me, it was interesting today. You felt really cross. Yesterday, you were, you had me just like climbing the walls, going crazy, stressed. Um, we had your mum. What, mom what came. had I done yesterday? No, no, I was like that. So you, you said put, you had me. No, you had me like crazy. Sorry, you oh, had to deal with me. I thought you said yeah, I sorry. got you there. No, no, oh, you right. had to deal with me. I found it very difficult when your mum came. You know, I mean, I have to say that because I know she doesn't listen to these. No. But I did find it really difficult. It put me, I, I was having palpitations. Now, my mum is a bit of a naysayer on the whole thing. I think. She walked in, she'd come through London, through the tube, as she'd said, rubbed her hand all the way down the handrail, walked straight in the house and opened the fridge door. Well, I couldn't, and I I couldn't quite believe that. And I was beside myself yeah. because she'd already been offended before when we said, don't wash your hands. And I was like, <gasps> I was, mm. it was crazy. And I'm the least OCD person you could ever know. Mm. But I was like, <gasps> she put her hand there and she put her hand. And now I know that's crazy. That's about me going mm. crazy. It's mm. about my... P my minuscule, I'm not talking about proper PTSD, but in a minuscule fragmented PTSD about my dad and his operation last week. And I'm like, mm. I want to keep my dad safe and I want to keep Mark safe because Mark's got asthma. And, you know, and, and, and I thought I was going to fucking, I didn't well, know I think, to put myself. Yeah, I think in a, in, a, in a not meaning to be, you know, she certainly wasn't meaning to be sort of disrespectful or no. anything. No, in, in her, just, because she lives on her own and she was yeah. only catering for herself. She doesn't. She doesn't really need to. Doesn't need to really think about others in the sense of, oh, I walk into the house. Not even whether it's scientifically correct that we're yeah. worried, but even if we're just feeling a little bit worried, just you know, it's just about respecting that when you walk into the house. No, but I do understand. She lives on her own. She's a different gen. She didn't do. It's not. It's no, not no, about she didn't do intentions. Wrong. No. Her intentions weren't that. I'm talking about. My hysteria, my oh, I did reactions to... to things are totally yeah. over the top. Yeah. And I'm just, and so I'm in this state of going, calm down, don't say anything. It's not fair on everyone. You know you're fucking going nuts. But it did get a lot better when I stopped listening to the news. Well, I was going, yeah, that's fine. And, and I mean, I have to confess, I think this morning the reason I was a bit tense is precisely because I know my mum is circumspect about it and my extended mm. family. So I think what happens in any relationship is... You know, you've got the you've got the family that you're in the house with. So there's me, you, and the girls, yeah. and we could we we have relative to ourselves controllability over that. When yeah. we can't stop the girls going out, but we can make sure that they wash their hands when they come in, wash their hands when they go out, all that kind of stuff. We have maintain distance with your mum and dad principally but because they're vulnerable. But talking in a relationship sense, and the kids there, we know that we have to let our children carry on with their lives. Yeah. But well, we could, we yeah. are managing our stress about Maddie going to the theatre tonight mm. and her seeing a boyfriend going out with a friend. I'm like, I have to just go, it's mm. okay. But inside I'm thinking, you're meeting that person, 
How could she says to me she's going to the theatre? I'm thinking, who are you sitting next to? No, no. How many people are you sitting next well, to? Yeah. Da, da, da. But I'm standing there, like smiling, and the good thing is, I think we both know that we're doing that and we've got to mm. do that. Mm. I, I think it would be, and our relationship will be tested as everybody else's relationship is going to be tested because we're living with a horrible, throbbing fear either in the background or right at the forefront. And, and I think it, pre hard. it presents all sorts of weird problems. I'm going to be a bit sort of gender-specific here, but it presents all sorts of issues, I think, for men as well. You know, the idea of the kind of family protector, and I know this is all old-fashioned, but I well, do... Because it feels like the war. I am a believer in the fact that we have certain sort of nature-nurture sort of instincts. And with, with kind of weirdly, I'd have thought with an enemy, you know your enemy. But with this... You just don't know. And that, for me, actually was why I was principally in a bad mood this morning. And I was very snappy and I was very difficult. And I think any advice I could give to people is that we have to have a little bit of leeway with it with our loved ones and our partners. Because fear, worry, and it's not just like fear based in <laughs> panic attack fear. It's fear as in, you know, some people have I've heard people say, oh, you're just being hysterical. It's just this. And I'm like, I choose to use this word. I'm, I haven't once been hysterical. I'm vigilant. No, you haven't actually. No, no, no. I was expecting you to no, be hysterical. No, I haven't been hysterical at all, but I am going to be vigilant. I am going to listen to the news. I am going to listen to shifts and changes in the pathogen's behaviour. And we're not being ridiculous listening to stupid news. No. And looking at stuff on Twitter and Instagram. Well, I do go to the that. Daily Star for most of my headlines. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, the problem is with that, and we've been sharing, again, have you got... So, you know, Mark and I start out as a couple that love to watch the news and hear the news. We've now become a couple where I'm saying, please don't tell me. Yeah. Well, please I don't won't. tell me. I respect so that. So he's, but, but also, like this morning, I was kind of okay. And then Mark said, 10 more dead, all underlying conditions. Well, I was just, I didn't know where to put myself. I didn't know how to carry on. I didn't know how to wash up. I didn't know how to set up for the next shoot because we were, we had been filming today some recipes. And I... My, my brain just froze and I was like, I don't want to say to Mark, I wish you hadn't told me that because I don't, I know that your way of dealing with it is to read the news and then mm. you want to share it and neither way well, is no, wrong. I don't, I don't necessarily but how does one continue mm. with the different ways that one is going to deal with it? And I think it will shift. I might go one week where all I want is the news and you might go the other way. So... Well, I mean, for example, there are so many nuanced details about it today that I'm allowing to inform my own stress levels. I find I can manage my stress levels the more in touch I am with the amount of information I'm getting. I know when I'm reading a crackpot website. I also know when I'm reading a relatively reputable journalist. Well, I, only want, I only want to hear good news and then what I will do is watch uh, BBC. But what if, there is, what if there isn't good news? Then I don't want to know anything. I'm going to watch the news once a day I can't, mm. I won't last 16 weeks if I'm getting the news all day I long. think news management, I, d I do think that's important. And I think you have to, within a relationship, like, one has to respect that. I mean, I did only give you that one statistic. I wasn't trying to sabotage you with information no, about what I've read. But I mean, I, you know, it's just different, different strokes for different folks. But it did take its toll on me today. And as I'm sitting and speaking, I can see how tired I, I look. I do feel exhausted in a completely different way it's to exhausted stress. because it's a, it's a level of cortisol. That, that's at work and it's a level of uncontrollability and unknowability and I think you know in a weird way and that's hard because we both know as we all know 
with this virus, as with any virus, what you need is to have your immune system really strong mm. so that if we do get ill, we can fight it. And I think we've both been worrying. I'm sure, Mark, you've been looking at me and thinking, oh my God, she's so stressed. How's she going to mm. get... And I've been looking at you thinking how tired you look mm. and it's really been worrying me. And I'm like, I don't want you to be watching the news all half time because I don't want you. And we were really good last night. Mm. Didn't we? we said, right, we're going to watch a program till 10. Then we're not going to look at any more news. And then we're going to go to bed, read for an hour and go to sleep because we've got to try. You came up after me. I bet you anything you went on the phone and looked at the last bit of news before you went to bed. Of course I did. <laughs> this I did. morning... The temptation to go to my phone. I woke up at half past six. What was the first word in my head? Mm. Coronavirus. It was the first thing. Mm. So I came down. I forced myself. Of doing some research for recipes. Forced myself to do that and not to look at that phone. Not I mean, we're very, we're very... We start our day yeah. with the first thing. Reading the horror. that, that Because let's not fucking fuck about. It's a living nightmare. What's going on out mm. there. You know, and we've got Trump standing there. You know, you watch... I'm trying not to be sensationalist. Um, but I did, I watched Trump yesterday and I just thought, we're in the hands of idiots. Well, I mean, even with our government. Okay, they've made this decision and I'm like, okay, you're making this weird decision. Okay, a different one from all the people that have all the countries that have managed to get this under control. And we're not allowed to have any fucking... Like, well, that's the we're not allowed to have me, any yeah. documents on this? No, no, I know. We're not allowed to get any statistics. I mean, I'd be like, it's weird because, of course, it's well documented. We've talked about Nadia's health anxiety in other films. If you're listening to this on our YouTube web, uh, uh, channel, um, I've talked about uh, living with anxiety and depression. And I was expecting myself to be... Now, what's happening to me, I was expecting myself to be really quite polaxed by this as it's moved along. And I'm, I think I'm managing to distract from how I'm actually feeling through work. So we're very blessed that we can do a lot of work from home. I'm so blessed. Through work, um, I'm being able to distract through really staying across the news because that's another mm. major that's part of my work as well. You. Yeah, mm. and also it's a major part of my work is staying across and I'm interested in different opinions and different sort of takes on things and all that kind of stuff. So I find all of that actually a way of sustaining my, my equilibrium, if you like. But when I actually, I had to go and sit over there just before recording this because there was a moment where I just felt breathless and unable mm. to really position how I felt. And I think at those moments, it's really hard I think in a relationship to know how much one should reach in and help manage change suggest it's like bless her Nadia's been doing this spark of joy thing which I think is a really good idea don't get me wrong I believe it's a really strong uh, important thing to do at a time like now and lots of lots of you guys love it but uh, for me it's not the right thing for me it's just not the right thing I just can't do that kind of thing I don't operate like that I don't want to be forced to operate like that and so it's it's hard because I don't deal, and it must be hard for you. It's as like a, we were talking earlier. This crisis isn't going to change anyone's personality. No. All the people that pissed us off yesterday are going to piss us off even yeah. more. My my way of dealing with life actually is to always try and go, and I annoy everyone. Well, where's my cup half full? Where's mm. my cup half full? It's the way that I get. I've had I've had shrinks try and talk me out of doing that, and I tried to do it. I tried to not do it because shrinks told me it was a bad thing to do, mm. and I can understand that for some people it can is. Can you hear Chi Chi dreaming? Because it suppresses Sorry. stuff. But for me, yeah. 
when I feel really down, if I go, okay, what can I be grateful for? What can I be grateful for? I immediately feel an ease with my anxiety. And that's the same before this crisis. Mm. I mean, you've always hated the fact that I'm jolly in the morning. No, 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 no. It's not that I don't know. It's not that anyone's wrong or right. It's just our different ways of dealing Absolutely. with life. Absolutely. And you would say that you hate... Yeah, I'm not going to ask you, you to do spot No, but I could also say, well, I've got one. I've got Belch of Gloom. Mm. Um, but it's like you don't like it when I'm downbeat or whatever. But I suppose what I can do is remove myself. When someone's relentlessly upbeat and bouncing around and all that kind of stuff and you're not feeling like that, the automatic feeling is that the person who's not that is a failure. One automatically feels a failure because one can't meet that light with light. No, I, would, I couldn't bear if anyone was relentlessly upbeat. I've never met anyone in my whole life. No, I don't mean relentlessly, relentlessly upbeat, upbeat. but I mean... Unless they're an actor and they're on stage. My way of dealing of when I'm really down and I'm really anxious and I'm frightened is to try and find something positive to pull me out mm, of it. Mm. Now, that isn't what you like to do. I don't understand that, like you don't understand the way I deal with it, but I respect it. Mm. I respect the difference. Well, I'm very like your friend Kay. I mean, it's not yeah. that I actually want to go down a great long sort of helter-skelter to hell, but I want to be fully equipped and forewarned and forearmed. I just find relentlessly going with the worst case scenario, I find it just Just so exhausting. you can be prepared for it. It's the I reason you don't open exhausting. envelopes and I do. It's just so exhausting though. And, and, but it's and, interesting. The, and the thing is, it's so bad. It's so fucking bad what's happening out there. Yeah, no, I know. So it's better to know what the hell is happening out there. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying you don't want to know. And you it know sounds what's wrong, but I think we're getting we're to powerless. the. But I, I think we're getting to the nub and the heart of why this is. Because I was talking before we did this, I was saying, well, how does this have a sort of what is the relationship contingent to this? We think we're very much on the same page, and we very much are in so many ways. But we're kind of homing in now on those areas of really how do we crisis mm. manage our own emotions? We're both incredibly different and incredibly contrasting, and yet we get on well. Imagine being incredibly different so and right. resenting being with someone, not wanting to be with someone, or struggling, going through a bloody problem in your relationship. But I mean, we're only into day three, you know, and the thing is, yeah, if, we'll you are, other, yeah. if you are going to still want to be checking into the news all the time, and I'm looking at you and I'm seeing you get really tired with it and I'm seeing you also take the full strain of it because when you're reading bad news now, you can't share it with me because mm. I, I know that I can't stay healthy and do that. Mm. That is going to become more and more difficult and we'll keep checking back in on these because I think we can do, you know, coronavirus podcast. Um, we've got to just, yeah, we have got to be mindful of respecting each other's boundaries and each other's mm. ways of dealing with it whilst at the same time supporting each other's way of dealing with it. Yeah, exactly. Which, so my thing is, I think if we sit down and we watch the news, if we have, because all the advice out there for people dealing with this anxiety is to choose one or two times in the day that you check in with the news. Mm. So, I, so I think my way of helping you live the way that you want to live is we do that and we talk about it. But mm. then we put it away. You know, like mm. CBT, when a cognitive behavioural therapy, when you're, when you're dealing with anxiety, mm. and they say, set aside a time of day to deal with it, and then the rest of the day you can be free. That's what I want to do. I want to set aside a time of the day, and maybe if you're in a similar relationship where you, you, your needs are different like this, say, okay, I respect that you don't want to hear, but I really would like to share some of this news with you, mm. because otherwise it's really scary, suppressing it all. Set aside a time of the day. Mm. So we'll watch the news not too late at night because I don't want to go to bed with it. Six o'clock-ish, 
let's watch the news together and talk about all of it. Mm -hmm. And then I don't want to hear any more news about it. Okay. I don't want any stats. I don't want to hear about the death tolls, the numbers, the numbers. Mm. Well, I do think and I something... really hate the news. Some of the news headlines are just fucking horrendous. Well, we've got to do the news headlines tomorrow for the uh, Sunday show. No, but I'm talking about on Sky, you know, and they're just constantly oh, feeding off it. It's no, just I horrible. No, I know, I know. And I how know. many times have elderly people got to hear, you know, oh, it's the elderly. Well, hang on, we've got a lot... Can you stop telling the elderly? They're going to bloody die. Well, I think that's the scale of the problem. I mean, I think that's why we... I mean, the, the person I really have an intolerance of, for and with at the moment is the person who trots in with such a supercilious smug look on their face oh. going, there's no problem, it's just flu. Please, if anyone is feeling of leaving a comment underneath that it's just flu, please don't. It drives me nuts because not. if it was just flu, the stock markets wouldn't have lost a third of their value, approximately $75 trillion or whatever it was. Economies and countries wouldn't have been closed down for the first time since World War II. You know, you can't just keep trotting out a line that it's one thing Yes, maybe people are overreacting. You could be could be overreacting in different ways. But at the end of the day, you have to look at what's really happening in front of you and make a judgment call. And the judgment call is, it's a crisis. So, going back to relationships, we have I to want face the fact that your mum is paying no mind to it. Mm -hmm. It's a very challenging situation. And I situation. feel really I think, sorry for you about that. Yeah, I find it really challenging. Because I feel really sorry for you with that because I think I feel like she's outside of the two households. You've got your parents next door. We can be really palliative in a in a truly mm -hmm. no, I don't mean it in an horrible way, but we can be we can have them sit in two yards from us, we can do this, we can observe all of the protocols, we can get the girls to do all of that. And I do feel I don't know how to deal with my mum in this because I don't want her sat outside on her own at a flat. Yeah. I feel I feel she feels vulnerable. But what do you do with someone? an in-law in your case and a, and a parent in mine who is is kind of one, not wanting to not wanting to recognize the rules of engagement it's really hard what do we do what do i do it's guys really you hard. love nanny die we all love nanny die but how do i get her to fully comprehend and engage yeah. on this and how do we not get cross with her because we don't want her to no get ill I mean, she... And yet we don't want to get cross with her, but no. I do get cross with her. It's like, for God's sake, mm. you are in your 70s and you have asthma. Mm. Are you, do you not care mm. about yourself? It's, it's really frustrating and I think, I think that's where it could be our pinch points is in, is in all of that because it's like... Oh, well, yeah, it's, manage, it's managing extended members of the family. I mean, yeah. obviously I've been in touch with Izzy, obviously I've been in touch with Fleur and I've said to them both, you know, be careful, do this. There's, obviously there's less fear around them insofar as they're not in a high-risk category at all. But as this moves along, we don't know, really know who's a high-risk and everybody who's not Everybody is in a high-risk category because they, everybody knows somebody that would be Precisely. in a high-risk category. Precisely. And that's what people have got to understand. Yeah, and Izzy was about to go off to Spain. I've just said to her, you're going to have to really reconsider that. I'm having to terminate our trip to New York. Um, you know, I'm, I'm having to call off shoots. You're, you're, there's big question marks over you and loose women and how that's going to proceed. Well, okay, but well, that's another really con real concern, isn't it, in couples and with a, you know, that is my income. Mm. You know, and I'm self-employed. Mm. I could find out tomorrow that I've been made redundant. No, I And know. I'm fully expecting a call from, and that I'm keeping to myself quite a bit, but I'm really nervous about that. Mm. Mm. I could be out of work. You know, I'm, this could be the end of my... TV career. 
I don't think you would be. No, I but these are the places that I go to. No, of these course, are the places I go to in my head with my anxiety. I'm thinking, oh my God, because, you know, when I go crazy with it, I'm thinking, God, well, what if tele, you know, the film industry, as we the know, film is going is to being be destroyed. Massively, massively hit. It could be the same with the TV. You know, I'm 55. You know, I'm probably not going to get another job in TV. You know, this is all the things I think yeah, about. Just yeah. like everybody else, just because I'm on the television doesn't mean no, I don't have course. these. No, no, that's a really important point. Doesn't to make. mean that I don't have these worries because people will tend to say that. Yeah, but you're off the telly. Yeah, but you're anybody that loves their job or anybody that yeah, is course. older and worries about they'll get another job. I feel exactly the same way. Exactly. And also, just to stress to any couples no out there, no sick pay, no holiday if you, pay, if no you nothing. If you are freelance and you lose, and you, you can, there is going to be the capacity if you get coronavirus. Or if you're forced out of work for a prolonged period of time, you can ask for a mortgage holiday. It's funny. We said oh, we're going to have, might have to edit this um, podcast, not, but actually we don't for not. anything we've said. We've had everything go wrong. Storage full, battery flat. Yeah, so battery and storage has meant there's two cuts in this. No, all I was trying to say was uh, J.G. Ballard once wrote about his experiences of World War II in China because he was a, an expat out there uh, in Shanghai when it was blown to bits. As he ran round the wreckage and dereliction of the casinos and the hotels, he uses this line. He says, it was drawn to my attention at a young age that everything around us structurally is simply set dressing. And I think what's interesting about this is that it's the closest, really, two or three generations. My mum's generation is the baby boomer generation. It's that spoilt generation, as spoilt as each generation that's come afterwards, that wants everything for itself, feels it can have everything, could have free sex without there being AIDS at the time. Do you know what I mean? That generation, we are the products of that. And this is the first time, collectively, three generations have been hit with something. And it's ironic, isn't it, that it's, it's, it's come at this point in time where technology has so much potential for solution. And that's where I think this is really important. Online, YouTube, streaming, mm. social media, connectivity, and all that kind of stuff. I think this, I think we may well see, if this gets bad, bad, I mean like, bad, bad, we could see a, com bad, a fundamental, yeah, but worse than it is. This could be a moment where there's a fundamental shift in almost the way we work and the way we live. It's I a think, defining moment. I think we're this on the edge of that. This is being made at the moment. Yeah. How are we as a human race going to deal with it? Yeah, because albeit that China and the Southeast Asian countries have done a good job of, of containment and getting rid of in the short term, this is the 19th strain of a coronavirus. They keep popping up back down there because they're not building up an immunity. So, you know, we, we've got a bigger problem. It's like a ticking time bomb. And, and the WHO have been talking for yonks about whatever this disease X is. Let's just hope this isn't quite disease X. This is disease Y. X, Y, oh no, that's even worse. Mm -hmm. W, disease W. Um, and we're not quite at disease X and we can get around this one. But from this, we have to, to learn. learn lessons. We have to learn lessons. Mm -hmm. I feel really anxious. Do I. I've got a constant hum remedy. in my chest. I'm going to have some rescue remedy. Anyway, guys, okay. leave your comments below. We'll share them on Insta stories if we can. Uh, and yeah, stay safe. Just wash your hands. Just wash your hands. I mean, that's all they keep saying, but maybe that is really the best thing you can do.